Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again this week. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to watch us every week. Uh, I'm Dr. Lynn Hiles, and I'm the host of That You Might Have Life. I have on the set with me today, again, this will be the fourth week, but I've had my oldest son, Jeremy, on the set with me. As you know, if you've been following our ministry, that uh, I've been doing a series for months now on the book of Judges. A uh, great deal of the inspiration that came for the, that study came from conversations I've had with my oldest son, who teaches quite a bit from Joshua Judges. And as you've seen over the last couple of weeks, he's got some real insight into some of these things. And I really trust they've been a blessing to you, especially we've dealt with, I think, some things that are really important. Uh, in this season. And if you've missed any of them, I really encourage you to go back and uh, watch them on our YouTube channel. Uh, the wonderful thing about what we do with television is once we air this on national television, we archive everything we air to our YouTube channel so you can go back and watch it on demand and study it on demand. And you, it, interestingly enough, because we use closed captioning, it translates in every language around the globe. So you can even share this with your friends. Uh, but you can go back and watch that. You can also listen to the audio portions of this program on our podcast or our, uh, there's an Android feed for your Android device. And the easiest way to do that would be to go to my website that is on the screen, lynnhiles.com. And there is a direct link in the upper right-hand corner to all of those uh, formats and all of those platforms to be able to listen to that from. But you'd be blessed to go back and listen to them. But it's great to have you back on the program again today, Jeremy. And I think we've really touched some things that are vitally important that are going to help people, even as we've said some things that related to even mental health. I think sometimes people are uh, willing to see that God can heal your body, but they don't really realize he can heal your soul or your mind. And, you know, that uh, the word of God declares that your health and your wealth depend on how you think. I would that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I think sometimes some of the uh, health issues physically and even mentally come from bad teaching. <clears throat> you know, one of the things that we've made clear is that this series is talking about starting out with uh, uh, Judges verse 1, now after the death of Joshua, which we've already clearly brought out that the word Joshua is the Hebrew name Yeshua the name we translate Jesus. So it's a picture of his redemptive work. And I think people blame God for a lot of stuff that he did not do. And especially, you know, when I was thinking of the message I shared January the 1st, that, uh, you know, when we lose a loved one, a lot of times we'll say, well, the Lord took my loved one home. I always say to people, the Lord didn't take your loved one. He receives them. And, uh, you know, a scripture that I think is uh, really poorly translated, I shared also in that sermon that I preached January 1st at my home church, is that, you know, it says uh, in the King James uh, and the Lord, precious in his sight are the death of the saints. But th that scripture in the Jewish Bible in several translations says costly in his sight. So it's not like God is rejoicing or he thinks, boy, this is great. This is valuable that I rejoice Precious in my, I'm, I'm enjoying the death of my saints. No, no, what he's saying is it's costly. In other words, I've got a lifetime of investment in you, and you've got relationships that are invested. And so it is costly. It's expensive to the Lord. 
And, you know, I used to think it was a carnal song, but somebody wrote a song. It was a friend of mine called, uh, he takes our tears and puts them in a bottle of remembrance, but there's actually a scripture for that. So God does care about how we feel. But I think sometimes, Jeremy, uh, some of the problems people have, even with physical problems, is stress related to legalism, bad theology, condemnation, guilt, uh, and pushing people away rather than seeing a Jesus with his arms stretched out saying, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And I think some of that is, you know, one of the things he said even right before his decease, before he died on the cross, was my peace. I bequeath unto you is what the Greek says. In other words, that's part of our inheritance yeah. is to receive his peace because it is a gospel of peace. I don't know if you can jump in there or not, but that's an introduction enough. Well, I know so. we were talking, uh, you know, in the car ride over how we talked about, you know, uh, things that we're just teaching, teaching the scriptures in the right context and in the, you know, even eschatology and things in the right context and in the right uh putting the scriptures in the right uh audience audience and showing really what how redemption really works you know and how we've seen people you know it, it just set them free in the moments when they really hear it you know and how i've i've heard people say you know i've i've been in church my whole life and there was things that were taught that it just didn't feel right in my spirit. Yep. I just didn't feel right. And it didn't, it just didn't feel like that's who Jesus was, but there was no other alternative. And so you just kind of believed it. But when truth was taught, it's like all of a sudden they go, that, that, that's it. That's how I've always believed. I've yeah. never heard it before, but that's how I believe. I said, you know, really that's what the whole, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what it's for. It, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. It's there to lead and guide us into all truth. It's to testify of who he is. And so, you know, when we, when, when, when scriptures and, and, and theology are taught the right way, something inside of you will stand up and say, yep, that's truth. That's who, that's the Jesus I encounter. That's the Jesus I know. That's the Jesus my spirit knows. It testifies of him and it will testify to you, you know, and there will always be something if I, you know, I say if, if it don't feel right, you know, kind of put, you know, just kind of, yep. It Obey might be this might be the spirit talking yeah. to you. You know, just try to you know take the word and 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 discern it. Ask the Lord to discern the word for you to see and test it and see if it's not if it's truth or not. You know, um, but uh, you know, I, I think you know, like you said, because it call you know you know you know if we when the scriptures are not taught correctly, it does cause problems. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are times where people's don't get healed because they haven't been taught faith. Yeah. They haven't been taught how what the Lord has done and how, you know, we in this series of just the times I've been on on here with you in the last couple of weeks, you know, we've talked about, you know, the the Jephthah that was rejected, but God takes the rejected and brings them into a place to bring victory to not just himself, but to a whole bunch of people mm -hmm. and, and, and give them back the inheritance that they were meant to have all along. You know, we've talked about uh the 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 JLs who are you know, they're, they're just a woman. There were, she was a woman in a tent. Just keeping, just basically she was keeping house. Yeah. You know, and a king comes in looking for refuge, but she's the one who actually becomes the deliverer of Israel and puts an end to this corrupt king and to this corrupt system. And she applies the cross to its mindset and gives it some sincere milk of the word that brings an end to a, to a corrupt king that is fleeing 
you know, and, and, uh, you know, we've talked about the Ehuds who saw a monument, heard some testimony, comes to the monuments of faith and hears some testimony that turns him back to a place to say, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm no longer going to give tribute to some things getting fat that, you know, some problems that keep getting bigger when I see what Jesus has really done or what the gospel has, can really do and the testimonies of faith to turn you back to bring an end to some systems and put an end. You know, so when we're talking about the book of Judges and stuff, you know, there's a lot to be taken. You know, you could talk about Shamgar, you know, who, who defeats the Philistine army and begins to break the highway safe again. But all it says is that he decided to take the highway, and he's, I think it was something like 3,000 Philistines he, fl- he slew on the road that day, but simply with an ox goad. Mm-hmm. It was what was in his hand that became the thing that brought victory. Yeah. And his decision to go, you know what? This is, there, there's something powerful in my hand, and it might not seem like a weapon of war to somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty at your testimony mm-hmm. sometimes, or your, 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 encounter with Jesus that becomes the things that become powerful that clear the highways and so you see you know that these uh, we, and we've talked about from the beginning that you know there was 12 of these uh, judges. judges just like there were 12 apostles there are things that we apply to our lives today these things were not necessarily written to us but they're written for us that we can see that there was a victory literal victories that were obtained in the days of these judges but we see the patterns of Christ and the pictures of Christ today that are still victories for us that there are some there's some inhabitants in the days of these judges you know I think I mean in the first chapter or two of the book of judges it starts out with here are the failures of each of these tribes yeah and the things they did not overcome yeah but then it goes into the judges that begins to bring victories into certain yep. situations. We can, we can, sometimes we stay in chapter one and two yep. and we focus on the failures yep. of the things that we haven't obtained yet, the things we haven't got the victory over yet. But what we need to see, we need to hear the words of the apostles. We need to hear the words of Christ. We need to hear the words that, uh, begin to build us up in faith and say, but there was some, men that begin to arise that got some victories over some stuff and begin to turn the failures into victories yeah you know we 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 can live in the failures or we can begin to apply the word of god to our lives and begin to get some victories over it yeah that god is still dry god still wants to drive out some inhabitants from before us and there's still a lot of inheritance for us to begin to obtain but what it takes is some people to get a hold of faith and begin to walk it out yeah you know, uh, we, you know, like I said, you, you, we can look at Ehud and he begins to hear a testimony that turns him back to what seems like a big problem, puts him into it. We can begin to, uh, teach the word of Christ in our homes at a dinner table and begin to change the course of, of history for our own families. That might even be the course of history for the world. You know, uh, we've talked about how, you know, different one, you know, people being in, we talked about Daniel. And a king has a dream. And he's looking for people to interpret the dream. And Daniel stands up. So I can not only, I believe it, what was it? Was it Daniel? No, it was, uh, Joseph was in a place. Yeah. And Joseph said, not only can I interpret the dream for you, I could tell you what the dream is. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's being, in, you know, and Joseph at that point was in a prison 
because his family had turned against him. He was in a bad place. It seemed like he was never going to get out of it. And he was there because God had given him a, a purpose in life. And he had, he, he knew the purpose of God in his life. And that's what the very thing that put him in prison. But he's in the place, in the right place at the right time when the king needs somebody to interpret, not only interpret the dream, but tell me what the dream is. Yeah. You know, there are things that we are living in that we can say we are living in a time where people are magnifying the problem rather than magnifying the Lord. Yeah. And maybe like Esther, maybe we are in this place for such a time as yeah. this. Maybe where you're at with your job, maybe where you're at with your family, maybe where you're at in your situation is for the purpose of God taking you. You know, sometimes it can seem like we're in a prison place. But we also, God has been in and speak to us in the prison. And not only can we interpret the dream, we'll tell you what the dream is and how, you know, what God wants to do in the midst of that. That God, that king then hears the interpretation of the dream and the dream. And it was the, the seven years of famine and the seven years of plenty. Mm-hmm. And he says, not only am I going to get you out of the prison, but I'm going to put you in charge of what needs to happen in order to bring not only a deliverance for Egypt at that time, but for the deliverance for his whole family. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so sometimes we can look and say we're in this. It seems like we're in a bad place. You know, Jephthah seemed like he was in a bad place, but God begins to bring him back and put him as captain of these things. Probably JL, who puts the nail to the king, thinks, you know, I'm in a bad place. This, you know, the the, the, the armies of tent? Israel, yeah. the armies of Israel are pursuing this guy. He's come to my tent. I maybe I'm in a bad place. You know, but it's the place of deliverance. God brings deliverance. You know. I, we talked about how, you know, Joseph and Mary being the, the, the mother and father of Jesus, you know, and you think probably Joseph, you know, Mary was in a bad place because she, you know, she was a, a virgin that was going to conceive. But Joseph was also in a bad place yeah. to say, you know what, I'm going to, I got to take the bad reputation of this thing because I hear the word of the Lord. And I'm going I'm to obey the Lord in a bad situation because not only did he have to leave his livelihood to flee to Egypt. You know, and leaving all the stuff behind, you know, in order to obey the word of the Lord. Sometimes it seems like it's in a bad place, but it's the thing. But he's raising the very deliverer of Israel. Yeah. You know, it's the faithfulness. And sometimes it seems like where we're at might seem like, man, that seems like a hard place to be in. It doesn't seem like, you know, the which we began a couple of weeks ago with Benjamin got the victory on the mountain, but they couldn't get the victory in the valley. You know, sometimes we're in the valley and it seems like this doesn't seem like the mountain. This doesn't seem like the place you're going to be victorious. But in the valley is where you really get the victory to begin to ascend to the mountain. So not only is the mountain secure and when everything's good, but also when you're going through bad, you can still praise the Lord and say, I, I know the Lord. I, I, I know what the Lord has done. I know how he's brought me through. I know how he's already done great things in my life, not only for me, but for others. And so if. I'm in this valley. It's for a purpose of driving out some inhabitants, driving out some things to begin to live in the victory, not only in the mountain, but in the valley as well. Mm-hmm. Like you, we've talked about, he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And now, even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't fear no evil because he's with us. And so we begin to get the victory even in the valley. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking even, you know, each one of those judges, I was thinking about when you talk about Shamgar, you know, his weapon was an ox goat. Mm-hmm. Of course, my mind thinks analytically, so I'm thinking when Paul, who was Saul, was knocked to the ground, you know, he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, which is the ox goat. So that ox goat, 
goaded a Saul of Tarsus, who became the greatest apostle, you know, of, of the to the Gentiles, mm -hmm. if anybody ever lived. And he was schooled in the ways of the, so God took what was his history and used it, even what was his, you know, sometimes we think our past is a waste. Yeah. But even that was part of our learning experience, whether it was Joseph in prison or whatever the case of it is. But, uh, you know, I think it was over a year ago I preached, not this New Year's, but last New Year's, I preached when favor doesn't look like favor. No. And it was like for Mary and Joseph. Favor, you know, the angel of the Lord says to her, you are highly favored. No. I, I bet when they got packed up, headed back to Egypt, she's thinking, I thought I was highly favored. If this, because sometimes favor doesn't look like favor, but that's not the end of the story. Is that sometimes favor may look like it's favor, but God sometimes is using circumstances, even though He's not the one that created yeah. them. He can use those circumstances because we do know that all things work together for good to them of God and are the called according to His purpose. That doesn't mean God initiated the yeah. problem. It just means that. He's bigger than the problem. A good example is is uh, Samson. You know, he's blinded, got his hair cut off. He, God didn't create that situation because he laid his head. He, yeah. Samson laid his head in the lap of Delilah. Yeah, you know, and began to tell her where his strength lied. Yeah. you know, and you know he had some struggles with some things that <laughs> led to him being, you know, his eyes being plucked out and him. But then God, but God doesn't leave him in his failure. Yeah. You know, the moment he turns back to the Lord, realizes that my strength has come back because he, you know, his hair began yep. to grow back. But also, you know, it's not just the, the fact that his hair, but it's the strength of the Lord. The covenant he was in, the Nazarite vow. Began to come back to him and God, you know, and he remembered who he was even in the midst of that. And God still brings deliverance. Now, God didn't put him in the middle of that situation. Yeah. And maybe there could have been greater deliverance throughout his life if he would have, you know, not had the struggles he had. But God didn't God didn't disqualify him in his struggle. Yep. God still uses him yep. Yep. to do great things. And so even our struggles sometimes or our failures are not even the things that disqualify us. Or God says, now I can't use you no more. God's still faithful. He's still good for us. Yep. You know, and he's still always faithful to, you know, bring victory even in the midst of yep. what looks like failure. And so he even takes their pain, you know, yeah. even the, the things that are, you know, I think sometimes we shouldn't have to be, brought to a place of brokenness to where, you know, things can turn. I was thinking, you know, one of the guys I didn't cover and I didn't have a whole lot on, but I was thinking here while I was sitting here while you talk about that, there was a story of a man who came, I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, a Levite, and he's traveling with his concubine. And so he's traveling and, and, and he comes to the edge of the city and he's in the outskirts and this man invites him to come stay in his home, you know, for protection, saying it's bad out here. And the story goes on that they, you know, the men of the city came to rape this, 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 this man. And so they end up, you know, offering him their, his concubine, which to me is a crazy thing. Mm -hmm. And they rape and pillage and, and her, and I believe it was the, the guy's daughter until the morning and she's dead. And then, you know, uh, what this guy does is he's so angered when he finds his, you know, his concubine has been raped and pillaged and murdered. And he cuts her up in pieces and sends her to the 12 tribes and says, are you going to tolerate this? And sometimes I think that there have been, even in the religious system at times, people have been raped and pillaged and left for dead and bad theologies, maybe not even necessarily that, but maybe the enemy, the devil, whatever it has that has pillaged us, raped us, molested us, and leaving us as dead is that sometimes I believe that there are pieces, where I think we're reaping some things right now that have been bad theologies that have really robbed people, yeah. and they've robbed people of their lives. 
And I, I believe God sends out a message that says, how long? I think he sends peace. And I think people see the brokenness of, of at, yeah. at least I do. You know, I look at people yeah. and I see, I see the carnage of bad theology. And sometimes well-meaning preachers, but at the same time, not so well-meaning. Yeah. Uh, you know, manipulators and scammers and see people who've got a bad taste in their mouth towards church and the house of God and anything that have to do with God and think that's all God. And it's really not God. Yeah. It's been a misrepresentation of God. And, and you know, I think God is really raising up a ministry in this hour that said, how long are you going to tolerate this? Yeah. Here's the pieces. Here's the carnage. Here's the mess. Yeah, yeah I remember even Go growing ahead. up. I, I remember growing up and growing up in church and, and it was always like, you know, the us versus them. Yeah. And we see that happen in the world even today. Yeah. It's, there's always this us versus them mentality. But it was always, you know, you know, it's like kind of New Year's. We have church on New Year's. And we brag about because we're in church on New Year's and the people down at the bar celebrating they're the them. Yeah. You know, at least we're not like them. And it's the us against them. And really, I, the more I have grown up and been around some stuff, I really I begin to have a heart for the them because the them really don't want to be the them. It's just they've been rejected and feel like there's not a place for them yeah. them to come. Yeah. Because it's us against them. Yeah. And I, you know, I believe that's again God's sending some pieces out and saying, "How long are we going to tolerate this? Yeah. How long are we going to allow them to be destroyed and hurt and live in some stuff that they don't need yeah. to live in when we can begin to gather them?" You know, I think you know when Jesus. One of the things Jesus says at one point, even to apostate Israel, is he said, "Oh Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, yep. you that 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 stone that killed the prophets." The prophets. Yeah. How often I still would have gathered you under my wings. In other words, I still wanted to just love you. Yeah. But you would not. Yeah. You know, and so how much are we going to tolerate this the us versus them mentality? Yeah. And how that changes is that we stop seeing people as us and them. Yeah. You know, and start seeing them as these are maybe it's the prodigal son sitting down there that really is just looking for an opportunity. How do I come home? How do I get out? Yeah. How do I get out of this pig pen? Yeah. And how will the Father even receive me again? Maybe it takes us beginning to proclaim to some prodigal sons that, man, the house is open. Yeah. And not being like the older son that says, well, I'm not going to go into the party for him. I'm not going to celebrate that because I've been here my whole life. And instead start to see, man, my brother that was once lost is now found. Yeah. That if father's celebrating, I'm going to celebrate with father to bring them back into a place that we are not us and them, but we are all sons and daughters of God, yeah. but some of us have just not believed there's a place for us to return to, Yeah, you know, and having that mentality. But I think even that, the brokenness, that's, that's part of the brokenness yeah. of people. That's part of the, the shattered people. I think one of the, I think the whole deconstruction movement that's been going on for years now, where you know, deconstruct, have almost deconstructed to the place where they've self-destructed yeah. without any kind of reformation. And I think that's the carnage of people rebelling against a message that they should have rebelled against, but at the same time, they didn't rebuild anything. No. And so I think that we're really in a season now where you're starting to see the, the, the pendulum is swinging back. In other mm -hmm. words, I think we're really in one of the greatest reformations of human history. And so I think as that, that starts to swing back, people are starting to be hungry of the things of God with the right answers yeah. and the right pieces and the restoration. And there's a rally and the right harvest. Yeah. You know, so I think, like you said, I think we've, we've and I, I was watching a documentary back some time ago that I highly recommend it's on, on Netflix and it was called ordinary men. And it was about how Hitler got these ordinary men uh, to be the, the killers in these, you know, where they shoot people and, 
And, and what he really began to do was he created a us against them mentality. Like, you know, in other words, once you villainize a certain people group yep. and you start to, that's them and this is us and they're the bad guys and we're the good guys. And it's, it can be the same way in the church. First thing you know, that's the enemy and you can't reach him when you think it's the enemy. Then you justify in your mind all of the atrocities that and take carnage. place at, and the carnage as a result of, well, that's them and they're the bad guys yeah. until the tide shifts and all of a mm -hmm. sudden that the us is not favorable anymore. Now yeah. it's the them that's in control. And so it, it, it creates this unbelievable carnage and warfare. I think even with the whole racial issue is sometimes it's an us against them. Well, that's them. This is us. And, and the media plays into that. And we yeah. buy into those things to where we start. Somebody's got to teach you to hate me. Yep. I got to teach you to hate somebody else. And so, you know, even with the, I was watching documentaries on the, the Civil War and how it was brother against brother. It was, you know, just warfare in this country and how they could get them to think in terms of, you know, what they were defending and what was used as motivations for it. And it can be some real dangerous stuff, but it's it's the us against them. I always say a lot of times when I get up to preach, I say, hello, my name is Lynn and I'm a recovering Pharisee. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we've isolated people to the fact that we need to learn how, you know, it's like I said, well, can I trust you with my baby with Jesus? See, because we don't, we, re we don't realize maybe God is is trying to show us something in the homeless guy or the addict that's really crying for help, yeah. you know. But like you said, him. even the, you know the guy sending the pieces up and showing the brokenness, what he's trying to do is get what has been divided, yeah, to come together. Because yeah. if you can get the whole nation, yeah. all the tribes together, then you began to really move heaven yeah. and earth. And so you know we began to show there's some, the broken, yeah, there's some brokenness. There's some things that we all need to have our minds changed about, yeah, you know, and stop, you know, stop uh, allowing the brokenness of things, but. Try to gather some things and put it, the pieces back together and put some things back together so that we as a whole began to be able to heal the land and, and, and mm -hmm. again, drive out the inhabitants or the enemies. And to me, enemies in the New Covenant are not people. Yeah, Enemies are the things that separate us, the yeah. things that are destroying us, the things that are keeping us from living in the victory of the finished work. Yeah. They're the enemies that we've allowed to live with, the yeah. stuff that we've learned or been taught or... or Received as being truth, they're what I call principalities that need to be pulled down through the finished work of Jesus. Well, I think this has been an incredible series. Uh, you know, in the Book of Judges, it's been a great privilege to have you on the program, and uh, it just makes it so easy. A lot of people have asked me; we hadn't seen Jeremy on for a while. I said, "Well, I need to get him back on there." So, uh, you know, Jeremy's a great blessing; would be a great blessing to you to follow his ministry. But we uh, uh, we're probably going to conclude this series on Judges with these. Uh, programs. But uh, I, I trust you've been blessed by them. Share these with your friends. Go share them on your Facebook page. Help us get the word out. And I think uh, other people will be blessed. We're just about to run out of time, but uh, we do need your help as far as support for the ministry. We spend very little time trying to raise funds on this program, but we do need your help to be able to do this. And so if you'd like to give, you can go to my website and there's an address on the screen. And if you go there to the website, there is a link where you can give through our PayPal portal with your uh, Visa MasterCard or, or your credit card or your debit card. You take it through the PayPal portal. You could also set up a monthly debit there if you'd like to become a monthly partner with us. Or you can send a check or money order to the uh, address on the screen. Or you can call the phone number that comes up. But do it today. God bless you.
I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant. For instance, they thought Moses and the law was the door into the sheepfold, but Jesus said to them, I am the door. They thought that Israel was the true vine, but Jesus said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. As you read the pages of this book, you will discover that Jesus removed the covenant of death and replaced it with the covenant of life. Get your copy of the book, The Great I Am, today.